Hi there, thanks for joining us. Some really interesting topics on this week's podcast. A little later, we're off to Skibbereen, where confidence is so high about the economic future of the town, it has now got its own financial planning service. The auctioneers who say they will make money by not charging you commission, but first, an initiative that's yielding real results in getting more girls to lead in the areas of maths, science and engineering. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is Red Business. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. Iwish is five years old this year. It's going to host 6,000 students across four days in Cork and Dublin in February of next year. And it is a fantastic way of getting young people and young women in particular involved in STEM. Science, technology, um, what's the E for again? Engineering. There you go. Science, technology, engineering and maths. With me now in studio, Caroline O'Driscoll, who is the co-founder of iWish and also a, also a partner at KPMG in Cork. Caroline, how are you? I'm good. Thank you, Jonathan. Five years in. That's right. Hard to believe. Why did you start this all those years ago? Um, it was started over a cup of coffee on the South Mall of all places and at the time I was very involved with IT at Cork as I still am now and Gillian Keating was the president of Cork Chamber at the time and when we were talking about FDI, so Foreign Direct Investment in the Region, the economic case, a lot of companies saying to us that there was a talent shortage and when you kind of looked around the room, particularly in the tech sector, the question of where are all the women? So we started to do some research and found the participation rates of females in STEM, both at college and in the workforce, was very, very low. So we felt we needed to go right back into the education system. And we started, I wish, uh, the first event was in 2015 as a pilot. Um, within the first week of launch, we had 1,000 girls uh, sign up. So we, we knew this was resonating and we we took it from there. And it's just hard to believe how it's grown and grown year and year. So the, the point is that these are the kids, these are the actual students that themselves who come through the doors of the event and what greets them when they come through the door? Yeah, so I suppose the first thing is we felt we would we had to go back into the secondary school system. So this is aimed at girls aged between 13 and 15. When they come to I Wish then, we have a conference. And I suppose what's unique about I Wish is that we ran pilots with girls from the very, very start. So our, our event every single year is informed by feedback from the girls. So the first bit of feedback we got was there just was no role models in STEM. You can't be what you cannot see. So we decided to host a conference and that's where 95% of our speakers are females, all women working in STEM, to show their path and show what they can do. The second piece of information is that teachers and the students couldn't really translate uh, the subjects they were studying in school into careers. So we hosted an exhibition where we asked companies in the region to come in and show these girls what it's like to work in STEM. So it's the combination of the two is what we feel works. Uh, look, the working part is is solved quite quickly because we have a buoyant economy that's screaming out for people, particularly in the engineering and the science and the pharma sectors here in Cork. But again, is is it the case that when girls are making their CAO choice, they might necessarily choose the right subjects that will get them those jobs, thankfully almost guarantee them those jobs. I think actually it's probably more fundamental in that the subjects themselves aren't resonating with them. And that's the bit that we're trying to, to solve. And actually we asked the girls, we survey now the girls every year, we've really evolved this programme. And one of the things that consistently comes up is girls telling us um, over 80% of them, they want a career where they can help other people, but they don't see how STEM facilitates that. So we ask all of our speakers and exhibitors 
to change how they speak about STEM because we're not here to fix girls. We don't believe that girls need to be fixed. We're saying work with what it is that they want and they want careers where they can help other people. But that doesn't mean you have to be a nurse or a, a carer. You can have a career in STEM and do, actually do, do help they, people in the most fundamental of it ways. It sounds like that they feel pigeonholed in some ways, do they? Um, a little bit. And I think that's really the, Im- we have to be very careful around the impact of stereotypes. And actually this year at I Wish we could see the impact of teachers. So we created a new teacher zone um, at last year's event, sorry, and asked the teachers about their perspectives. And I think over 90% of the speakers or the, of the teachers that were involved in the programme said that girls have confidence issues when it comes to STEM, that there are stereotypes there, which is a pretty fundamental thing and we think about it. So they still exist and are still alive and well, unfortunately. And obviously teachers don't consciously do anything to reinforce that. But do you feel the school structure is still a little bit boys do this and girls do that? Perhaps. And I think actually it's the information gap that's there. So I think there's two things. There's an information gap in terms of actually telling teachers and the students what a career in STEM looks like. And I think the second thing is a confidence gap. How do we instill confidence in girls to to do STEM, to do honours, maths, to do physics? And that needs a little bit of thought. One of the recommendations actually coming out of our survey from this year is uh, to do unconscious bias training with teachers. We actually piloted that at the event last year and it worked really, really well. So just so that teachers understand that they may have biases and how to counteract that in the classroom. Yeah, people don't like being told that they're biased, though, even if it is no, an unconscious and done, bias. And I've done the bias training myself and I think we've, we all have biases and it's just about understanding that, yeah, we all have biases and how do you counteract that and being alive to it. Most conferences, uh, the big job is to sell the tickets, uh, even though the tickets in this case are obviously free, but it's to sell the tickets and go, 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 Will anyone turn up? Will anyone there? You're oversubscribed in Cork already, are you? Absolutely. We have a waiting list in Cork. So there's over 2,200 girls registered for the Cork event in 2019. Um, In total, I think we've just over 5,800 girls registered across the country. It's about 20% increase year on year. Um, We have students from 20 counties across the country, almost double the teachers involved this year. So there really is a demand. And I think that's the credit to the teachers themselves that are willing to take the girls out of school to engage in a programme like this. And ultimately what's happened is some of those girls who would have gone to that first I wish are now in college. And that's really that's really crazy cool actually and we, we're starting to get messages and emails and DMs from the parents and those girls that have chosen different paths because of attending I wish and that's fantastic to, to hear. So how do people find out more about it? I mean obviously there's going to be thousands of kids attending this, their parents will be aware of it, the teachers most certainly are aware but if people want to learn a little bit more about what I wish is about and the idea of encouraging our young female students to go on and study in science, technology, engineering and maths. How do they go about it? I would say go to our website, iwish.ie. There's a load of information on that, including how to register. And I suppose for any parent out there, we've been able to prove through our data that if a girl attends three or more STEM events, extracurricular STEM events, she's 20% more likely to choose STEM subjects to her leaving cert. So we've been able to prove that there's a link between attending things like iwish and other things like Dojo and BT Young Scientist and actually pursuing STEM careers. So I think that's important. Okay, very good. Caroline O'Driscoll, co founder of Irish, thank you for joining us on Red Business. Thank you. Red Business, all that's best about business in Cork.
Next up on Red Business, a company that's been knocking around a few months but has been in the minds of my next two guests for quite some time. Helen O'Keefe and Eddie O'Driscoll of Auctioneera. You're very welcome to Red Business. How are you? Good. Thank Very you good, Jonathan. Thanks, Thanks for, having for having us. Glad to have you here. You're speaking in unison already. <laughs> it works. It works extremely well. Uh, who's going to tell me what Auctioneera does? Yeah, I think I, I might take that one, Jonathan. Yeah. So I guess we're um, a fixed price estate agency. So we do everything that you would expect from a traditional auctioneer estate agent, and that we sell properties. I guess what makes us a little bit different is our fee structure, in that we charge a fixed fee of nine hundred and ninety-nine euro plus VAT, which would be very different to the traditional fee structures that are in place. So if you're selling a property um, at the moment, usually you'd be charged anywhere between 1.5% to 2% plus fat of the final selling price of the property. So for example, we just uh, went sale agreed on a property in Mallow uh, for €425,000. So the agents that had been out pitching against us were charging 1.7% to 2% plus fat. So that would have been about €11,000 would have been the fees. We sold it for nine hundred and ninety-five um, plus VAT all in. So it's, yeah, I, I'm going to pick a hole in your business go, plan go straight ahead. away. Yeah. Uh, did you just lose out in about ten grand worth of fees there? Uh, well, yeah, that that would be one way of, of looking at it. But maybe we would we wouldn't have got the business day one if we'd been um, charging those high fees. I mean, ultimately, we do think that our fees will command market share, um, and that we'll sell um, a lot of property. Um, maybe at a slightly lower margin than some of our competitors as opposed to selling a small number of property at very high margins. Helen, how long have you been involved in this process and bringing it to fruition? Um, I suppose while we only have our licence since May, we have been in development, I would say, over 12 months. Um, I suppose creating a website and a concept like this, there's a lot of work goes into it. Um, so thinking it through and being strategic about what where we want to be, um, it's it's been in in the pipeline. I'd say twelve months plus. Okay, and what's your background? What where are you? From I guess uh, I, I'm from County Cork, East Cork. Um, my background: I did business in in college in CIT, and I did a master's also in CIT in PR and new media. Um, I suppose we worked together in a in a digital marketing agency. So digital marketing is my background for the last ten years. I would say. Um, so that's predominantly it. So, I mean, when you look at the product and what you're describing there, what yourself and Helen are describing, mm. you go to the auctioneer, they do the horse trading, they take the photographs, put it on the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, presumably it's a fairly fixed fee anyway, but you end up charging commission, which is how they make their money. Yeah. Is it just that was the way it always was and nobody's tried to shake it up before? Great. Yeah, it's a great question. I think that's that's certainly... That's historically how it was done. I mean, what the the agents will say to you is by structuring the fee in that manner, they're incentivized to get the best price. Um, So they'll say that, you know, by getting a percentage of the final sales price, they're aligning their goals with your goals. They're going to fight to get the very best price. Um, I guess I would say you don't need to pay someone €11,000 to to get you the very best price. Um, So it's, it's always been done like that. But if you look to international markets like the UK, Australia and so forth, the fixed fee model has taken hold. I mean, a company that we would have huge admiration for is Purple Bricks in the UK. Uh, they're fixed fee. They're gaining market share all of the time. Our own opinion is, the, the thing is, if you break down the actual cost of selling a property, because presumably your price should have some reflection of the, the cost of doing the job. If you break down the, the, the costs involved, um, if you go through them very quickly, the initial on-site valuation, the for sale sign, the viewings, the photography listing on Daft in my home, the viewings and then some negotiation, 
they do if you add them all up they come to hundreds of euro not thousands of euro so really we think the reason that they've and if you want to use the term gotten away with it so long the margin being so high mm-hmm. is that the vendor doesn't feel like they're actually paying for it because typically they get paid out of the, the booking deposit. So the the buyer gives the booking deposit to the estate agent, and the estate agent tends to take their fee out of that. So it's not you don't have that pain of actually it handing over. It feels a little grubby, doesn't it, when you have to hand over money that that much money that early on? Uh, but uh, would you charge the same price of nine hundred ninety nine plus VAT on a palatial mansion that's mm. cost uh, six million yep. and a humble one bedroom flat? that might cost 100000 Brilliant question. Yeah, we would absolutely because the, the cost of goods of selling the those two properties are pretty much the same. Now, within but reason... Man with the mansion, you'd have enough photographs to paper an entire house. <laughs> um, yeah, um, but I, I guess if, if, you, if you, again, if you take the actual, um, the cost of, the, the photography will cost the same, the for sale sign will cost the same, the promotion, the viewings will, will cost the same. Look, within reason, when you get up into, you know, five million, it probably won't sell in a number of months and um, you'll have to work a little bit harder but um, the actual cost of selling a, a, a two-bedroom apartment in Jacobs Island is the same to us as a five-bedroom apartment in the manor. And, and Helen, your background in, in digital marketing, mm-hmm. that, that side of the world, which mm-hmm. is obviously rapidly evolving and forever mm-hmm. we're playing catch up with, with the latest tools, but this is how people are selling houses nowadays. Exactly. And, you know, that. do you want to get in at the ground floor with that evolution? Yes, absolutely. And I think we've introduced efficiencies in our model um, that, like, I won't go into now, but, like, our digital marketing experience, I think, and our background has helped to create efficiencies and transparencies that maybe don't, don't currently exist in the traditional estate agent model. So we were able to implement certain things that uh, allow... Uh, transparency for the vendor and the buyer as well um, tr- by, by our experience in digital marketing. And uh, look, we were talking on another podcast about Oculus and people wearing funny masks mm. and looking stupid. Uh, is, is that where we're going to see auctioneering going as well, that you take the virtual tour of the house before you even think about buying it? I might jump in. Yep. I, I'm not sure. Because that, that'd be a great way to have a look around your neighbour's house. <laughs> yeah. I, I think yeah. people still do yeah. like to go and see so. the actual house because yeah, it is the see, biggest... If you're only snooping, you see it, don't <laughs> you? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Walk I mean, up to the show house. Yeah. yeah, like Daft in my home, you know, presents such a great window to look at property all over the country, even stuff that's outside your budget. Um, I think that uh, good quality professional phot- photographs showcase a home, but I think people still like to go out and walk around, walk out into the garden. I think that will never uh, be gone, you know. But it, it is a crucial point, though, in terms of the the photography and whether or not. Um, I, I'm I'm not sure that people are going to put on the, the Oculus. You know, if you're, um, if you finance approved and you're looking to buy a property and you're at home in the evening and you're browsing properties within your budget. I can't imagine you putting on the Oculus and going into this uh, VR world. Personally, I think you'll just flick through photographs. Could be, could be wrong on that, but um, I think the point you raised though about the quality of the photographs is absolutely vital. So every property that we list, it's a professional photographer. So you will still see, no, not many, but you will see some agents uh, going out, taking photographs on, on their iPhone or their phone. Finger and, over the lens. Yeah. <laughs> Shot of the dirty linen in yeah. the background. So we just think that's not, not good enough. So every property that, that, that we list, and you'll see it on our website, um, 
high quality, high res uh, imagery taken by a professional photographer with, with 2D floor plans as well. What is the website if people want to have a look at it? It's uh, auctioneer.ie, so it's auctioneer with an A at the end of it, .ie, and where that name came from, it's a fusion of the words auctioneer and era, because we feel we're going to herald in a, a new era in auctioneering. Well, uh, ambitious target, and here's hoping it goes very well for you. Eddie O'Driscoll and Helen O'Keefe from Auctioneer, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Thanks Jonathan. very much, Jonathan. Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork. So now on Red Business, we have relocated to the town of Skibbereen in West Cork. And this part of the podcast is being recorded on a very special night for our next business person. His name is John O'Driscoll, and he is the man behind Blueprint Financial Planning. John, how are you? I'm very well, Jonathan. Welcome to West Cork. Good to be here. Tell us a little bit about why... This is a very important day for Blueprint Financial Services. Yeah, absolutely. Um, basically launching my own uh, company, um, official launch. We set up back in January, but this is a, an official launch of the um, business into the West Cork area and Greater Cork area. Um, I come from a family business in Skibbereen already, so it was always a goal of mine to set up my own business. So to launch it in my hometown of Skibbereen, surrounded by friends, family, clients, uh, is a, a dream come true. And um, I'm really looking forward to it. We'll come back to the new business in a minute. What's the family business? Family business is John Driscoll Motor Factors, supplying car parts, accessories and paint to the West Cork Motor Trade since 1985. And um, so probably a natural progression that I wanted to go down the road of being my own boss and having my own company. Now, were you always knocking around the business? Is that how the entrepreneurial spirit entered into your head? Yeah, probably, yeah. Since I was a, as young as I can remember, I was the kind of the guy who uh, went into the office and jumped up on top of the swivelly chair and kind of dreamt of having their own business someday. Um, now, you did a lot of donkey jobs as well, I'm guessing. You would have moved yeah, a lot of yeah, pots and, and boxes. There was a, there was a lot of, uh, you know, wash the floor and wash down the, 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 um, the shelves and deliver the parts uptown and whatnot. But I suppose it was always kind of a, a goal of mine to, to be my own boss and have my own company. Um, and it's, you know, it came to fruition in, in January of this year. Uh, and now it's coming to fruition, I suppose, even more so with the, with the launch of the business. Skibbereen itself, and I suppose this reflects why there's a need for a business like yours, has come on so much in recent times. You've got the fastest internet in the world, as you keep telling us. You've got the Ludgate Centre, where there's so many businesses being incubated. And the idea of people starting businesses in West Cork, which had been, I suppose, far flung for so long, is becoming a reality for so many people here. Oh yeah, for sure. I actually work out of the Ludgate uh, Hub myself. I've been based there now for the last uh, two years and it's it's a fantastic location to be in because you're surrounded by like-minded entrepreneurs. Uh, West Cork is and Skibbereen is definitely on the up. We have um, numerous industries that are constantly taking on new people. The Ludgate Hub has been fantastic for Skibbereen for bringing new people into the area. Um, and I suppose people realise now that they can operate businesses, they can access world-quality companies and world-class solutions from the comfort of West Cork where you've got a really nice work ba- life life balance and you don't have to be city domiciled to access the latest and greatest in whatever industry you're in. Now, for a business like yours, people have to have money. So therefore, they have to have money to invest or they have to have money to look towards the future and, and they need somebody like you to advise them on. So it's a good barometer, I'm guessing, of the state of the economy that there is a little bit more cash out there. Probably not as much as there used to be, but enough for people to say, right, I need to be prudent with this. I need to make sure this goes in the right place. Yeah, well, definitely being prudent with your with your money um, is the most important thing at the moment because a lot of people got burnt back in 08 when the downturn 
it's really like you, you work with people from all walks of life, from all different industries. So some people are still struggling, unfortunately, to get by, and some people are quite affluent. Because of the name Blueprint Financial Planning, it's, it's supposed to resonate with the fact that it is a financial plan and a blueprint is a, a work in progress. So what we try and do with our clients and what we achieve, thank God, is working with them on a regular basis to build their financial plan going forward and to make sure it's as robust as possible. Um, it's, financial planning is not about buying a product. It's about basically having a, a collaborative relationship with your advisor, working towards a common goal and objective and making sure that it's being reviewed constantly to um, you know, make sure that it relates to your lifestyle goals. It's a horrifically complicated world because what happens is you have money, you'd like to do something with money, and then you go and you look at the options that are there, and there's so many, you retreat and you, the urge is there to shove it back under the mattress, whatever yes. you, Bob, you have. Is it becoming easier to cut through all that red tape? I think so. I think the big, the big thing for ourselves in Blueprint Flanger Planning, I suppose, is our impartiality. We're not tied to any one company, so we can access solutions from 12 different companies. What's good from a client's point of view is that we can basically make sure that what they want, they can get because we're not tied to any one company. Um, it's, I suppose, Warren Buffett, the world's most successful inventor, has got a, a very famous quote that you don't test the depth of water with both feet. So it's really important that you have a proper risk profile done and that you're aligning your client's goals and aspirations with what their attitude to risk is. Yeah, I've, I've said this before in this podcast when we're talking about financial planning. I'm absolutely risk averse. I mean, put me in the safe bracket all the day long. But is there pressure on people like you? Someone comes in, go, go on, we'll, we'll gamble it. And do you have to talk them down? Absolutely. Um, I suppose there's an old adage that our one of our main jobs is to save people from themselves. And what that basically means is that when there is the maybe the, you know, the the intent to take a bit more risk than they're actually comfortable with. What we have to go with one second now, you fill out a detailed risk profile questionnaire, you would indicate that you're a very low risk person, so why would you want to go high risk? So matching people's risk tolerance with their outlook to risk and their investment portfolio is so important and it's really the bedrock of um, prudent financial advice. The fact that this is operating out, operating out of West Cork, uh, is, is it a sign that you know that West Cork is joining up with the rest of the world in terms of the types of businesses that can operate here successfully and that you don't always have to go to Dublin, you don't always have to go to Cork, you can have it here? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, you know, in, in Skibreen and in West Cork, you've got every conceivable type of industry and business covered. And, you know, I have clients from all over Munster, all over Ireland, in fact, and I've obviously got a good portion of clients in West Cork. But I've got clients with holiday homes in West Cork, and they just like getting out of the city, coming down to their holiday home in West Cork, maybe, and, you know, they call into the luggage, we meet up for an hour, do a review. So the most important thing is that, like, you can really access world-class financial solutions, in my instance, and you know, uh, solutions in every other industry in West Cork. And, you know, being in a city is by no means um, an impediment. And who, who, who wouldn't want to be in Skibbereen? Let's put it that way. The website is blueprintfp.ie. John O'Driscoll of Blueprint Financial Planning. The very best of luck to you. And Thank thanks you for coming on Red Business. Thank you, Jonathan. It was a pleasure. My thanks to Neil Hennessy. Don't forget you can subscribe to Red Business on iTunes or download the entire series from redfm.ie. We'll catch you on the next one. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast.